I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will do, give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, one who, the one who has come into the world. This is the gospel of Christ. As we're standing, let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray at this time that you would minister to us, that you would draw us closer to yourself. We pray, Lord, that the things that are weighing on us or distracting us could be stilled so that we can be attentive to what it is you want to do this morning. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Um, today, we kind of have a happy accident, believe it or not. Um, this is the wrong gospel for the day. Yeah, I know. May as well just go home now. Um, I don't know how, but this got into the, the circulation for this week, and it, it's not right. But Eva actually told me, maybe it's the Holy Spirit. And I said, no. And they said, well, maybe it is. And so we, we actually had our, our midweek Bible study, and we used this reading instead of the one assigned for the day. And uh, Eva might have been right. Uh, but today I want to do something a little different than what we normally do, and I want to uh, talk about the bishop's charge a bit in light of this gospel reading. Uh, I think I told you that I did not want to go to synod because synod is boring. And I was going in with dread, but I left from Synod encouraged, excited, and hopeful. I want us to be hopeful together. So in, we need to acknowledge a few things before we can get to that place. Because if we're in denial, or if we're angry, or if we're uh, disillusioned, it's very hard to be hopeful. So we need to get real. This uh, monument here, this is a sculpture that's outside St. Paul's Church in Bloor Street in Toronto, and, and Bishop David referred to this in his charge. And by the way, if you would like a full copy of the charge, you can find it on the website for the diocese. I would recommend you read it. It's excellent. Uh, if you don't have a computer, call Josh, and I'm sure he'd be happy to print one off for you. Um, but here we, this sculpture is, um, when I was a stranger, you let me in. You notice that there's a bunch of stools there in the sculpture. And if you don't take anything else from today's talk, the message is we need to stop in our busyness. This is on Bloor Street. This is a busy road. We are called to stop and to be with Jesus, to enter into the mystery of who Jesus is, 
And if we want to find the hope of what God is doing, we need to enter into this practice. So what we have, one of the gifts that we have as followers of Jesus is that Jesus shared in our sufferings. He knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to struggle. And when we struggle and when we doubt and when we are in times of uncertainty, that's wonderful because we know Jesus can be with us in it. I think that's the greatest gift Christianity gives the world. One of the things that we are called to do is to confront the grief that we have today. Um, There is a stark contrast between our desire to where we want to be and where we are. This is true in the gospel story too. If If you're not familiar with the gospel story, what happened is that Jesus was given word that his friend, Martha's brother, Lazarus, was deathly ill. Come home was the message. And Jesus did not. He delayed and delayed. And then finally, uh, he knew that Lazarus had died. And he said, all right, guys, it's time to go see Lazarus and wake him up. And they said, if he's, you know, if he's asleep, that's a good thing. He'll get better. And they said, no, he's dead. And then Jesus went. When he gets there, Martha gives it to him. She is angry. She is hurting. She is grieving. If you were here, my brother wouldn't be dead. Sometimes we think that we can't be uh, real with God in our prayer, that we can't give him the things we're wrestling with, that we can't give him our anger or our disillusionment or our confusion because to do so is actually a sign that we don't trust him, that we don't believe in him. But that's, that's wrong. If anyone can handle our anger, it's God. If anyone can handle our doubt, it's God. If anyone can handle our confusion, it's God. To give it to him like Martha is giving it to him here, it's not the same thing as the Israelites in the desert who grumbled. Right? They were like, oh man, back in Egypt it was awesome. We had, you know, full bellies. Yeah, the work was hard, but we had full bellies. That's not happening. They weren't taking it to God. They weren't expecting Him to do anything with it. They just complained. And if we are stuck in that complaining, or if we're stuck in a place of fretting, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to... If we don't actually take it to God in prayer, then it is fruitless, and it's actually worse than that. It's poison. Martha's not grumbling, and she's not fretting, She is addressing it to the one who can handle it. And what I see here that gives me hope is she says, even, I know that even now, even now, God will do whatever you ask. Is she hinting here that she thinks that Jesus can bring Lazarus back from the dead? I think she is. Even now, with you, anything is possible. I think I shared with you last week that when we were at, um, at Synod, we had a small group session, and somebody asked a really wonderful question. The question was this, how are we to be faithful to Jesus when he has led us to this place of discouragement and decline? 
How are we to be faithful to Jesus in this place? And people in the group immediately reacted, said, Jesus would never do that. If we're in a place of discouragement and decline, it's our fault. He would never do that. And, and, I, and I was thinking, you know, if you look at the lives of the saints, he led them to worse places than decline and discouragement. He led them to their death. And there are more persecuted Christians today than ever before. Does that mean God has not led them there? That is pointless and fruitless? No. What it means is that our expectations are different from what God is actually doing. If Jesus is sovereign, in fact he is, then he has led us to this place. And the question we are to ask is, how do we be faithful in this? Uh, David gave a lot of stark numbers. We're not, we're not strangers to this. And he basically said, we are in a time of crisis and we need to acknowledge it. Lazarus is dead. Now what? Have you ever been to a funeral with someone you loved has died and, and then so they, people come up to you and they say some cliche thing that you just want to smack them? Right? But you know, you know they came, came from a good place, right? So you don't want to smack them, but you do. <laughs> Have you ever been there? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when my buddy Jonathan died earlier this year, I went to his, his widow, Kristen, and I was like, I don't have any words for you. I'm heartbroken. And she said, you don't have any words because there's nothing to say. This is awful. Jesus seems here to give some kind of cliche statement. And, and it looks like Martha just takes a step back. Your brother will rise again. Don't worry. And she says, yes, I know he's going to rise again at the resurrection of the last day. And basically, yeah, that's great news. Then I am hurting now. What is that going to possibly do for me? And Jesus isn't done. When we look at the concerns, uh, David in the, in the Synod office put out a, a, a survey to all the churches. We, our vestry participated in it along with a lot of other churches. And they boiled it down to the three main concerns from the diocese. And they are, how do we get people back in the pews? How do we improve our finances? And how do we keep our buildings running? I was a youth delegate at Synod back in the late 90s. Guess what the main concerns of our diocese were then? Yeah. So guys, maybe we're asking the wrong question. Maybe we're concerned about the wrong things. Because the state of decline has been steady since the 60s. And all the programs we've thrown at it and all the strategies we've dreamed up have not reversed it. So what, what is happening? Where are you, Jesus? How are we to be faithful to you in this? And this is where things get really interesting. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. 
And whoever lives by believing in me will never truly die. Do you believe this? In his charge, Bishop David wrote, It is time to question and to discern if what we have and are holding on to is helping us become what God wants us to be. It seems that when we try to hold on to what we have, it trickles through our fingers like water. Now we stand at a crisis, and our only alternative is to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. And he is near. If we can recognize the truth of our situation and accept it, then perhaps we can allow God to do something about it. Martha does not really jive with the answer that the resurrection will happen someday because she needs something now. And the something now that we seem to be called to right now is to enter into this mystery. Because doesn't that sound weird? I am the resurrection and I am the life. Does that make any kind of sense to you? The resurrection, for those of us who don't know, is about an embodied life after we have died and gone to be with the Lord. We die, we go to be with the Lord, and then God fulfills his mission, which is heaven on earth. We are enfleshed again beyond sin and death and sickness. That is our hope. And in my opinion, it's way better than reincarnation, which is just cycling you through the same mess again and again. This is something where we actually live the life God intended us to live. How can Jesus be an event? How can he be life when he is a person? It's because all that is created, all that was alive, came through him. What do we do in this time of crisis where we are not where we want to be, where we can't stop this train from going off the cliff? What do we do? The bishop suggests that we actually take time to enter into this mystery. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Know me. Find life in me. Last week we looked at 2 Thessalonians and, and we talked about how there was this Antichrist, this lawless one, and the very presence of Jesus is enough to destroy it to him, whatever that is. But that very same presence is what encourages and empowers us to be who God called us to be. Jesus says, do you believe this? My question is, how do we believe this? And I think that it's time for us, um, it's time for us to secure in our daily lives that stillness. Shutting off the distractions and actually saying, Jesus, here I am. Have your will be done in me. And to be drawn into this mystery in Jesus. Um, David goes on to write, Oh, he, he actually, he reminds us that our mission as Anglicans, one, my small group, I'm going all over the place. Our, my small group said, we just need to become more Pentecostal and then, then everything will be fine. <laughs> and I don't know, back in the early aughts and the late 90s, we had what you call the worship wars. It isn't, the answer isn't the style of music. And I'm sorry to say this, but our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, 
They're having the same problems we are. Are they where we are? No. But where they're in Canada, they're experiencing the same strains we are. Um, our mission, our Anglican mission, is the cure of souls, to be a healing presence in the communities we're called to serve. That's Douglas and Nashwaxes here, to encourage, to bring light, to, to bless the people around us. But as David writes, unless I can understand even a little more about God and the way he loves and suffers for his creation, I will never understand God's mission in God's world. Furthermore, unless I come to understand God's mission even a little more, I will not understand how we, the church, are to reflect God in the world and thereby never know what God is calling us to do. If we don't have that relationship, we will not know God. If we do not know God, we will not know his ways. We're called to secure that time. Um, so I am currently praying about how we as a church can together secure times of stillness and to learn discernment together. Please pray for me as we do that. But I want to encourage all of us to prayerfully ask God, how am I to secure time to be still with you? And how are you to teach me discernment that I may be walking in step with you? One of the things that we need to be aware of is doing anything for anything's sake and fretting over what we are to possibly do. If God is leading us, there may be urgency, but it will not be frantic. It will be peace-filled. We do not need to worry about the state of the church. It is Christ's church. And if we lose everything, every building, every paid clergy person, love, what do you think I could do for a living? <laughs> I could be a pirate. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> That's okay. Because God's presence in his church will continue. Let's pray together. I'm going to ask that we just take a moment to be still and to ask God personally, how can I follow this calling to be still with you? How can I follow this calling to discern your will? Just take a few moments to be still and then I'll close with prayer. Lord Jesus, please forgive us for the times where we have sought to put you in a box of our own understanding. Please forgive us for the times where we have put our priorities and preferences ahead of your will. And Lord, our prayer is that you would lead. So please give us grace that we might be given the gift of faith 
And Lord, teach us how to secure time in our days to be present with you only. And Lord, please give us the wisdom that comes from your Holy Spirit that we might not only know your will, but to delight in your will. And Lord, we ask that you would so fill us that your will would be enacted through us. Help us to be the blessing you've called us to be. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.